Jacob, we are back. Yay. And luckily, you know, I feel like it's smooth sailing, you and I, and uh, it's going to be no problems. Uh-huh. Hello! Hell, dude? What? Oh, my God. Hello! No, 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 no. Hey, no. guys. It's me. I'm back. That's right, everyone. Turn your volumes back down. I hope you didn't get used to the lower, to the, to the, to the, to the non-microphone clipping episodes. Cause I'm back. All right. Apparently, uh, murdering the head of the conservative uh, half of parliament murdering. is not a valid way. Is not a valid way of passing legislation. And it, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, I think the worst part is that his family's gonna have to bury an empty coffin. <laughs> there is not much left. There was not much left. <laughs> he, the prime minister, is a lot harder than you would believe. I see why Boris resigned. You know, uh, I see. I see. I understand. I understand now. Of Which course, Boris you do. the spider. Wait, what? Which Boris the spider? No, Boris Johnson. Who, who, what? Are, no, okay, no, okay, wait, wait. Before we cue the intro, what the hell is Boris the Spider? You never heard of Boris the Spider? What the hell is Boris the Spider? Is it this? I thought that was is like a the... song about Boris the Spider. No, here there is. Boris the Spider is a song written by the Who's bass guitarist John Entelweasel. It appears as the second track of their 1966 album, A Quick One. Yeah. You know what? Q Boris the Spider by the Who. No, we don't have the rights to that. We don't have the right. We don't have the right to idiots. Look who's calling up my wall. Black and hairy, very small. Now he's up above my head, hanging by a little. Hello, welcome to Pop Culture for Essential for Cubed. I am Ruben Kiros, I am one third of Cubed, and I am being joined by in the room. Another third. And back from his stint in the UK slash actually from his Europe trip, uh slash all the other shit he has had going on in his life, JQ! My life is falling apart, everybody. <laughs> Let's go. No, I'm joking. I'm doing. A, I'm doing fine. Got back from Europe. Had a great time. Uh, I will not say when or where I went, just to uh, keep my personal life intact. Jacob, put that laughing emoji away. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I'm back. Uh, back at it. Back uh, to practicing and writing. And uh, I mean, now I'm back to the podcast. Uh, so. Uh, I hope you guys, like I said in the intro, didn't get used to the uh, to the uh, lower volume because it is coming right back up. It's coming Yay. right back up. So one of these days you're gonna have to fix that voice modulation issue you got. But it's been 22 what years, so we might be lost. In the world are you talking about? I have perfect control over my voice. All right, Jacob. Uh, <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Uh, we we do these over Zoom, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so and you guys just get. You know the audio to it's the the term podcast yeah yeah uh so you can't see jacob spamming the eggplant emoji right now on uh on his cubicle uh (laughs) and now it's shit 
And now it's this yeah, shit. It's, it's Patrick Stewart. Is that Patrick? <laughs> it's Patrick. The poop emoji. The moon. Oh my god. Remember that? We are going to steal. Did you guys? Right. So let's get down the brass tacks, boys, because I don't want just freaking ten minutes of gags here. Even though you know I appreciate the humor. Um, uh, first off, JQ, Adam, you haven't been on in a month. Out of all the stuff we talked about, um, is there anything you want to highlight? That'd be Thor. If you want to give a quick, like your quick thoughts on the new Thor: Love and Thunder movie, or on all the Comic Con news, I uh, floor is yours, real quick. Uh, I don't remember much about the Comic Con news. I know there was a few. They announced the new Avengers out. movies. Shazam trailer came out. Oh yeah, uh, did you guys talk about the VFX artist last time? We mentioned that a bit. Yeah, uh, uh, that's completely screwed up. And uh, I'm pretty sure these Marvel movies was gonna start looking like Spy Kids three pretty soon. Jesus uh, Christ, they, they will. <laughs> You cannot overwork animated. You cannot overwork CGI artists like this. And they have two Avengers movies coming out in the same year. One of those things is gonna look like shit. I'm calling it right now. Well, the uh, this is a leaked rumor. I don't remember um, which website it was. It's not a reputable website. Um, but it's, it's a, not, or it is. It's not. Um, but why are we even talking about? <laughs> no, because it's a rumor. Okay, it's it's Screen Geek. Um, Marvel's apparently considering a new VFX plan after all the backlash they've received. Um, I went over the process of what VFX studios, like, how it works, how they bid for uh, contracts and stuff. I've looked some of that up. We talked about that a bit last time. Yeah. Um, but it looks like with that, Marvel is not going to be doing that, so it's not overworking individual contractors slash VFX studios. What it looks like they're going to be doing instead is they're considering the creation of their own VFX studio. I don't know if they'll fix the problem, if, or they'll just overwork their own guys now, and they'll just. You're have... telling me that they have been a company, a movie making company for like twelve or thirteen years, no. and they haven't had the, they don't have their own. No, no, Jonathan, no Hollywood studio has their own VFX studio. They're not unionized. So what they do, to, I'm going to give you the quick version because I freaking went in depth on this last time for like five minutes. Yeah. Basically, every VFX uh, studio is its own individual contractor, and they act like act like contractors. And what yeah. they do is like a studio like Marvel or Paramount or Universal, whoever it is, will put out, we need black blah, blah, blah shots completed. So let's say we need Dom Toretto's Jod Charger to jump over a plane um, mm -hmm. in the next Fast and Furious movie. And we need those Necessary. shots. We need um, a realistic rendition of Dominic Toretto giving the shaft to his Dodge Charger. Okay, no, no. Y'all don't remember. Uh, that's, that, why, that's why Lynn left, remember? That yeah. is why Lynn lived. Yeah, okay. So basically what they'll do, they'll bid for those, right? Yeah. Um, but basically, to be able to compete with other VFX studios, they'll underbid. Um, so they'll <laughs> say it takes less than what it actually will cost just to get the work. And then those shots have to be finished by a certain deadline because um, you're just a contractor. So you got to work overtime. You got to do whatever it takes to complete those shots. Um and you don't usually get compensated for that overtime because, like like I said, you're not unionized. And the other bad part about it is what Marvel does, apparently, according to other VFX artists, what they've been saying recently, is Marvel will ask, A, for a bunch of detail in these, like, initial shots. 
and Beatle tried changing shit at the last minute. And last minute for a VFX artist, it's like three months before the movie comes out. Like, they'll completely scrap what they got and say, let's do something new. Um, yeah. So that's basically the issue with it. And it's not just a Marvel issue, to be completely clear with our audience. This is a industry-wide issue with the VFX artist. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, you, you know, maybe something's got to be done about that. Anyway, my point is... Um... Uh, too too much Marvel, too much Marvel at this point. Oversaturated. Uh, they do and, have direction again. We were talking about that. I don't know if we ever talked. Yeah, about they that do on... have direction, but like, you know, so does a freaking runaway. Like, so does a, a train heading toward, like, careening towards a cliff. It's heading somewhere. You know, it's so got it. Got it. So you think we're near the end of this thing? Like, the I think genre. we. I think that it has been expedited for sure. I think we're at the end of the superhero genre as it is nowadays, which is like every year. Like I think like after this, you're going to get like superhero stuff here and there, but it's going to be more, um, it's going to be like more purposeful and it's going to have more of something to say. You're going to get more uh, The Boys or more Logan. Deconstruction. Yeah, more more deconstruction, more... um, stuff that is trying to push the envelope rather than like stay in a comfort zone um marvel has really just expedited its own death like they (laughs) i mean we're getting what this year we got how many movies we got oh no let me go through the movies we got this year we got thor doctor strange black panther spider-man spider-man was last december but i guess um yeah in the span of a calendar year four movies yeah, from December to November is four movies. Which is just not... If you go back, if you go from last July to this July, you got Black Widow, Eternals, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Thor. Six movies in the span of a, a calendar year. And then you which got is, all the shows that have come out as well. Um, which is abusive. I mean, it's the reason I haven't really like dedicated myself to watching Miss Marvel. I'm not just at the point where it's like, well... I feel like I can skip out on that, which I've never felt with MCU anything. I'm usually like, oh, I got, like in the past, because I mean, like, it was one or two movies every year. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I got to watch this, got to watch this for sure. And now it's just kind of like there's so much uh, that it, it, like, really doesn't matter. Um, in terms of Thor Love and Thunder, though, yeah. I, 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 I listen to your guys' podcast. Uh, you know, obviously very lacking without me. You know, you mm-hmm. guys lack course, direction. You guys lack. Uh huh. Uh huh. I think I'm that X factor. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. I think I'm. Sure. I, I think I'm that. I, I think I'm that thing that you guys cannot exist with. I, like I think we could get rid of either of you guys. Uh, but if we get rid of me, that's where the problems really start to. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm getting off topic. Uh, uh, I, 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 I did enjoy Thor: Love and Thunder. Um. Uh, I, I'm probably leaning more towards Jacob's opinion in that, like, you know, uh, I went in not expecting, like, anything revolutionary. I think that's the problem. People walk into these Marvel movies with the highest of expectations, and it's like, guys, it's a Marvel movie. It's yeah. no, 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 Hey, okay, no, let me finish. I was, I was expecting Ragnarok level, okay? Not, yeah. I was not expecting, like, Citizen Kane out of Thor Love and Thunder. No, but I mean, like, there's still, like, pe- like Marvel has, like, they, they've, 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 like, um, oh, what's the term? They've, like, treaded a path in the dirt 
that is getting deeper and deeper of just being like, of just being complacent. It's just complacency, complacency, complacency. They just put stuff out. Um, they're in a rut. Yeah, they're in a rut. Yes, thank you, Ruben. Yeah, they're in a rut of complacency. Thor: Love and Thunder, I think, is a bit, uh, is a bit outside of that rut. Like, I, there's a lot of things to enjoy. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of uh, things. There's a lot of comedic things and a lot of character things that could have been improved upon to be more, you know, <laughs> uh, true to the continuity of these characters. But I did enjoy it. Um, I, I loved the themes when they were there. Like Ruben said, there was a version of this movie where that last scene would have made me cry. Uh, Christian Bale is just proving again and again why he's one of the best actors of our generation. He's He was on screen for like 10 minutes and he absolutely robbed the sh- show. There's like, he, he took it. He ran with it. Um, you know, Chris Hemsworth was Thor. I enjoyed it. I think... There's he's too stupid now. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I think they've really they've really like played up like the the ignorance of the character to the point where he's like he's just like a shadow of what he used to be. But you know, good movie, good movie. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I give Thor... it. A, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I give it a seven out of ten. Uh, yeah. Peak Thor was, uh, in my opinion, Infinity War. That's where you got the right balance of the emotional part. Like Chris Hemsworth can actually pull off dramatic stuff. Yeah. And then the comedic aspects of Thor with him and like interacting with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, no, Infinity War was uh, like where we peaked with Thor and then it's just been kind of downhill since then. Endgame wasn't horrible. No, I, mean, I know. People have their own opinions about fat Thor, but I, I didn't have I liked it personally. Uh, yeah. I, I like yeah. the arc from Ragnarok to Endgame I really liked. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the arc. last thing uh, in this JQ catch-up segment yeah. is uh, I'd just like to say that both of you not, or, okay, not both of you. Okay, how do I ref- how do I phrase this so that it's not a, too harsh, okay. uh, but also truthful? Uh, neither of you are seeing the gates of heaven for seeing uh, Minions: Rise of Gru opening day, uh, and I think that see the, there's a special day, there's a special place in hell for both of you. Uh, uh, if you read Dante's Inferno, you will be uh, yeah. you're gonna replace Judas Iscariot in the third uh, no, mouth no, no, of no, Satan. No, no, is what no, I'm no, essentially no. saying. Jacob, we snuck into Minions: Rise of Gru, so we were you we get were, no okay okay no, but that's we didn't true tell to Gru. Story. We didn't tell is that story. not true to Gru? Is uh, that not true to Gru? You guys were being villainous. <laughs> you guys were being villainous. No, we watched uh, the Black Phone. Like when we were visiting you in Nashville in the afternoon, we went to go watch the Black Phone while you were working. Yeah, um, and that movie was really good. It's Scott Derrickson. We never reviewed it, but uh, yeah, the movie—it's um, a unique concept, cool. I'd say. The premise was cool. The premise is cool. It's basically uh, this kid gets kidnapped. You've seen the trailer, right, JQ? Yeah. This yeah. kid gets kidnapped uh, by a serial killer. And basically, this phone the serial killer has in the basement will ring, and then past victims um, will be calling the current victim to try to help right. him escape. Yep. Yeah. Really cool the way it's filmed as well. The sound design was really cool with the phone calls. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we finished that movie, um, and then uh, we went. Uh, we were gonna leave, but then our ride um, was stuck in traffic, or dad was stuck in traffic. So what yeah. we ended up doing um, is going to watch Minions Rise of Gru. Yep. And they snuck in. And snuck we snuck in. in. Um, oh, man, you could almost say that you guys were being felonious. Stop uh, with the no. felonious. 
No, I was gonna say despicable Filoni. Yeah, for some reason, why why is Gru's canonical first name Felonius? It's only on Google, bro. Like I don't think. No, 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 no. I think the worst part is his brother in the third movie. His name is Drew, and we looked it up. Drew Gru. His name is Drew Gru. Remember that, Drew Jonathan? Drew Gru to be a disappointment. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're too I'm proud. Dancing. You can't see right now, but I'm I'm grooving. I'm really grooving. You're way too proud of that one. <laughs> I'm very proud. I'm irrationally proud about that. But yeah, both of you, to hell, to hell with both of you. Neither of you have seen the gates of heaven. Uh, but yeah, you know that. You know now that I'm all caught up, I'm back in. I, my jet lag has been reduced. I'm making good money at work again. That's great, bro. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's just a subtle world. flex. Ah, you know I'm making like. Making some pretty good money. All right, thank you. Rent. Uh, yeah, but you, you know, you know. Uh, what, what do you, what do you got for us today, Ruben? You, you are the master planner. Well, yes, I am the master planner. But I want to ask uh, Jacob first. How are you doing, Jacob? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Are you sure you kind of got a got a cast on your arm there, little bro? Oh, oh, oh yeah. That. So Jacob has a hairline fracture. Across his entire arm, not the entire arm. Um, his entire. Like, well, well, what is it, Jacob? It's like the connection point between the ulna and radius bone. Like you know what I mean? Just the radius bone, like the head of the radius. Bone. Okay, now explain it to me like I'm a three-year-old child who has no idea what you're talking about. It's the bone that's connected to the bones and muscle groups that control your thumb and your pointer finger. I don't understand. I still don't understand. Please, please simplify it for me. I can't simplify it anymore. Then you are not a good teacher. <laughs> well, maybe you're too young to understand this. Yeah, that's true, Jonathan. No <laughs> kid's gonna understand uh, bone structure. Exactly. No three-year-old. You're just girl. like my father. <laughs> and Jacob, how did this fracture occur for our listening audience? Oh, oh. man. You know, you gotta put oh, me on man. the spot. Like this. <laughs> yeah, I gotta put you on the spot. This is a great segue to a review of uh, to oh, a review, oh. though. You know, yeah, I guess yeah, you guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, we were at the the movie theaters. Um. <laughs> Where most of the major events of our life sadly of course, occur. Of course. <laughs> what was the fire? The fire at the Edwards theater. Yeah. That stuff, yeah. You know that tech. Man, we've never told that story on the. Phone. No, we we, we gotta not. save it for a different time. We gotta save so. that for a different. Time. Short version for everyone listening, basically. No, no short. No, version. it was a short version. We were leaving Ice Age three, and a car fire started in the parking lot. Yeah. That's the short version. Boom, yeah. boom. We no, we no, obviously no, got no. on alive. You know, spoiler alert. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I was almost left behind by uh, our quote unquote friends uh, mm -hmm. who. Ended up hitting like three cars on the way out, and okay, no, let's just tell, let's just tell, let's just effing tell the story. No, 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 that's a good teaser. I think we can leave it there. We come back to this, <laughs> people. Great. Ruben, 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 you, you see, wait, 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 this is why you guys need me. You guys don't know about teasing them to pleasing them. Oh, you know what I mean? okay, come on. No, you bro. gotta tease them. Hey, yo, shut the no, fuck no, 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 hey, yo, me, that does not. Have to be sexualized. All right, you gotta right. give someone a little bit of a taste, and then you bring them back. It's how you get people addicted to meth when Pause. you are a dealer, which I am not. But if I someone's were, been watching Breaking Bad too much. 
But if I were a meth dealer, that is if how I would do it. Man. Anyway, Jacob, we were at the movie. Jacob, what movie were we? Jacob, what Jacob movie were we watching? Delay the Impossible. Dude, um, what movie were you guys watching? No, no, no. Uh, I'll save that for later. Uh, no, 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 let me finish now. my stuff. Fine! I was <laughs> watching uh, Super Pets with my family. Uh, and we had finished watching the movie and uh, being inspired by the animals who gained superpowers, I decided to uh, vault over a railing with a five foot drop on the other side. Uh, which a stunt I've never done in my life before. <laughs> Um, but and I thought it successfully, and, and I, I did superhero landing, baby. Uh, of course, <laughs> no, 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 no. What happened was jumped up, both my shins hit the shit out of the railing. <laughs> and yeah, you didn't clear it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't clear it. It was like a three foot jump, bro. So I felt like yeah, close. You were like six inches <laughs> off. It's <laughs> like half a foot, bro. That's average. <laughs> Stop. That's, that's pretty. That's a pretty large distance, I would say. That is a that is a that is a satisfactory distance. Uh -huh. I think okay. that's a pleasurable. I think that's a pleasurable distance. Okay. 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 All right. I have I, an I, average distance. My shins. My <laughs> my shins hit the railing, uh, causing me to turn in the air, twist and turn, as you, as you would like to call it, or whatever. And then I went down um, this five foot drop, flailing my arms. You know what I mean? And then at the last second, I was like, oh, God, I got a brace for impact. And then I, I reached out my left arm, you know, uh, and, you know, that, they cushioned most of the blow, you know, cons <laughs> um, considering the break. So, yep, uh, that's what happened. And that's you know, why I have a you know what happened? You know what happened, guys? Here, here's, here, here's what happened. You might say it's super pets, but this little bastard over here started going through CrossFit, all right? I see I see him <laughs> online. I see those Instagram stories of him doing box jumps. He thinks he's impressive. He thinks they're impressive. He thought he could clear it. He thought he could clear it. He thought he, he, thought he was learning something, doing be, something. With all those, with all those, yeah, with all those half-ass pull-ups. With all those half-ass CrossFit pull-ups, you know what I'm talking about. Have you seen those CrossFit pull-ups? Pull what do you mean? The one where they're like, <laughs> <laughs> nobody does pull-ups like that. At Bro, you look it up online. No look one flails their arms violently when doing a pull-up. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> That's how you hurt yourself. Anyway, anyway, your shoulders. Anyway, anyway you're, exactly. You're killing so your shoulder was, blades. Jacob was doing these pilo box jumps. He thought he was good. He thought yeah. it was doing. He, was, he thought it was impressive. He's like, you know what? I can get bitches with this. All the bitches laughed at him. Not a Bro. single one looked this way. Not a one of them even looked at his. There was the only Not reason this happened, by the way, is because the no theater was, was the empty. Theater. Everyone was left. Showing. There was a second post-credit scene. The super pets. No one stayed for it. And all the yeah, workers no had gone home. Yeah, no self-respecting human being stayed for the second post-credit scene <laughs> of the Super Pets movie. <laughs> Man, <laughs> luckily, luckily for you, fellow listeners, we are not self-respecting self human beings. Yeah. I think my arm sh like showcases that. Yeah, yeah, and then the workers had gone. The workers had gone home because it was 11 p.m. <laughs> so this man went to the ER. And he didn't get home till five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. The next day. <laughs>
Yo, that so happened. Fun. It's um, so fun. Anyway, so to give a quick review of Super Pets, Jacob, what did you think of the movie before you broke your arm? Mm, I don't know. And then what did you think about it after you yeah, broke yeah, yeah. your arm? I, 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 I honestly think, after. like, the movie really didn't, like, it, well, it resonated with me, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Like, it wasn't until I experienced being a superhero for a split second. <laughs> That it all came to me. Nine out of ten movie. Nine out of ten. Oh my god. Unlike unlike uh, I love the, the Jacob's, Jacob's kryptonite is What what are you gonna say? I was gonna say unlike crypto, Jacob's kryptonite is literally uh, a five uh, a three foot tall pole. Yeah. Advertise. Uh, Alright. Advertise. <laughs> Give an actual review. Okay, actual review. Actual review. Okay, um, I was going to go first. But... Okay, uh... Jake, you stop moving around. You're screwing so, with, with the mic. The You're movie, polluting the audio. <laughs> it finds a way to, like, appeal to younger kids and a younger audience, but at the same time, deal with heavier themes, you know? Um, yeah, especially like, with ra- the like racism. Especially with the scene with um, Ace and Crypto talking to each other on the rooftop. Yeah. Um, and Ace, like, reveals his experience with, uh, like, a family as an owner. Like, he tried to save a kid from falling down the stairs or whatever. And then uh, he basically, the the parents think that he bit the kid just, just, like, out of nowhere. But, like, he did that to, you know, save him. Um, and so <laughs> Ace is like telling how he's suppressed this like feeling and this emotion, but at the same time telling Crypto like you have to do the best thing no matter the consequences or like no matter like if you lose the respect or the contact with a loved one. So like it's like yeah. there's heavier themes. There's heavier yeah. themes and, in it. And- and Jacob really loved that scene until uh, crypto until uh, Ace wasn't there to save him from completely eating shit uh, against the pole. Yeah, of but yeah, and I, I I think like obviously The Rock and <laughs> Kevin Hart combo always it always works. You know what they I mean? do. Yeah, they they have just such good chemistry off the camera that it's just like it's just. Uh, even when it's just their voices, it still works. It permeates through film, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, you know. John Krasinski's Superman was also shockingly a standout. Um, he did mm-hmm. the voice of Superman. And it? Keanu Reeves' Batman. So, yeah. Yeah. I found the movie entertaining for the most part. The jokes land, especially the ones with the turtle. Land. The turtle steals the show. Yeah. Um, the... They bleep out the turtle so I can, like, curse. Or yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Is it as is it like Ezra Miller Ezra Miller Turtle? Is that what it is? He's no, I, yeah, it's Speed Turtle. Speed Turtle. Um, yeah, so it's I forgot what it's, what's a what's the turtle called in the comics? Speed the Hawaii it? Menace. No, Speedy isn't. Speedy. <laughs> Speedy Gonzalez. No, it's Speedy. Dave Fantis. Dave Fantis making all that Speedy with a Y or something like that. Jacob, that's how you spell Speedy. Shut. No, I thought. Okay. Speedy with the Y. Shut up! Jake. Jake. <laughs> That'd be so disrespectful. I'm about to look it up. Speedy the Turtle. No, I don't think it's Speedy the Turtle. His oh, name sp- is... His name is... Oh, no, no. No, that, he's not there. Um, uh, you know, how about this? We look up Super Pets 
Kaz. Oh, here we go. Murden McSnurdle. Terrific Wazit. Terrific what? Oh, no, it's Streaky. There we go. That's that's, that's the name. Streaky. And then you got Diego Luna playing a, a squirrel that has lightning powers. Kate McKinnon oh as an evil, hairless chick, uh, guinea pig. Um, it, the movie was nuts. Mm -hmm. It's it was a it was a less good version of the Lego Movie, but at the same time, it's like that same vibe mm -hmm. that you get. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's. A concept you think it's just going to be completely ridiculous and not work, but it somehow does work just because right. of the care and the script they put into, like, into the script. Because they actually cared. Like, I was shocked how much they cared. They could have just put animals on the screen and pulled an illumination and made, like, a bunch of money. Yep. Um, but they put some care into this one. Fortunately, it didn't resonate with audiences that much. It didn't make as much money as it deserved to. Um, but I think they pulled it off pretty well. Mm -hmm. I will probably never watch it. You should watch it. And, and serious, like, star rating, I'd give it, like, a 7 out of 10. I'd also give it a 7 out of 10. I would give it a have-not-seen-it-out-of-pickle. <laughs> uh, Jacob White? Okay, no, okay, no, no, pause. Jacob, why okay. do you always do this, man? No, 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 okay? You always do this to me, you know? What, what the I'm fake trying, laughter? I try, I try to make jokes, Ruben. No, no, stop interrupting. This is not a bit. This is not a bit. Jacob, you always do this to me. You inter you, you you laugh at my jokes. It was in, funny. In the same way. No, 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 oh, no, no, stop. I'm, no, I'm being no, serious. No, no. Okay, no. Okay, we're ending the podcast. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. this, no, no. I'm not. This is not a bit. This is not a bit. You know no, no. We're halting it. We're halting <laughs> everything. Why? <laughs> God damn it, Jonathan. Oh my God, I oh, can't do it. I honestly okay. could not tell if you were being serious. All right, Jonathan, <laughs> we'll let you review something. How about you review the new Smiling Friends uh, episode that came out? Did, did you we guys did not watch it? it? We did watch it, but I want to hear what you want to hear what I think. <laughs> yeah, of it. Smiling Friends go to Brazil. A new Smiling Friends episode that came out on HBO Max. Oh, Zach Hato is a is a, is a genius. I would like to say. All right, I love this dude to death. I think he is legitimately one of the funniest people alive that is a personal opinion though obviously yeah. um it's just that the newest episode I, I just i love how the descriptions for these episodes do not match to what actually happens in the episodes <laughs> it's like good. the description for this episode is basically like oh yeah pim continues work on his novel charlie watches a bunch of pirated tv shows and and glep and freaking alan uh, just chill on the beach and none of that happens. Not a single one of those things happened. These guys, it's like a bottle episode. They arrive there and it's just travel mishaps the entire time. Like just super realistic, played completely straight the entire time. Just mistake after mistake. There is not a single joke told in this episode. Like, like past the two minute mark. Past the two minute mark, it is literally just people talking and you witnessing as like, these very cartoony characters go through just some <laughs> real ass shit. It's just so strange. I love like... how, yeah, I love how it was a one shot as well. Yeah, like, yeah. There's no cuts. There's no cuts. It was all in real time, dude. It was, it was also, yeah. yeah, it was also all yeah. in real time. 
It's excruciating, bro. Yeah, oh, no, it hurts. As someone who had been through travel mishaps recently abroad like that, that it just hit way too close to home. The, the one, the, the tourist guy tells yes. you. That's, <laughs> you, you know how many of those people I met in Europe, the people are like, are you tourists? Are you tourists? Are you tourists? Do you have cash? Are you tourists? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and they come out of nowhere. They always come out of nowhere. It's like they, they just materialize. No, uh, but it's like yeah. I saw you from across the airport. I love the like, humor comes out of the realistic situation here. Like you said, there's yeah. literally no jokes. You're just laughing because yeah. you relate to it. Yeah. Or, like you understand what the characters are going through. <laughs> and I love how, like, even like Glib, who doesn't talk. There's this moment when they're sitting at the table and he just starts looking down at his phone so he doesn't have to deal with the confrontation between everyone else. <laughs> you see, that's the the source of, of of a lot of Zach's humor. I mean, I mean, there's two main things. One of them is just crazy hypotheticals, like really just out there stuff. And yeah. then there's also the opposite end of it, which is like, what if you have these like larger than life characters or like these crazy like super like insane people going through normal ass shit so it's i it's either it's either one or the other and to me it's always funnier to see just like because it's like it's like seeing mickey mouse filing his taxes like it's absurd it's absolutely absurd like this <laughs> like it's 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 just like you don't even have to make a joke just the thought of seeing mickey mouse committing tax fraud is like you <laughs> like played completely straight Perfect. is that a youtube video of his no, I wish. <laughs> oh, okay, because it sounded like it was a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah it could, it could be, yeah. it could be. Um, no, but I mean, like, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to season two. Like this um, episode kind of confirmed to me that he's still got a lot left in the tank for these characters, and there's still like a lot of crazy and a lot of normal shit he can put them through. So I'm like, I'm ready to go. Also shout out Michael Cusack. I feel like every time I talk about smiling friends, I forgot to, I forget to mention the other creator just cause I do not know much about it, but you know what? You were out there too. You put in that work in. I'm sure you wrote a lot of this episode. So you know what, you know what? Pat on the back, a pat on the back, a pat on the back. Uh, yeah. Once again, we're going to recommend you check out smiling friends. If you haven't already, uh, highly recommended. It's on HBO Max, um, and that lets us transition to our next topic here. Um, or cable. Wait, what? Or cable. Oh, yeah, it's also on uh, Adult Swim, which is Cartoon Network. You can watch yeah. it. Yeah. It's reruns at this point. I don't know what time at night it airs, because who the hell watches cable anymore? 12.17. Very specific making, time. You're making that up. You don't know that. Do, none of our listeners know if that's true. Because no one watches. That'd probably take like a 30-minute slot with like not 20 a, minutes of commercials. That's a 15-minute slot, <laughs> I think, for that show. Yeah, I think it's a 15 it, Well, it depends how many episodes they play. Yeah, I don't know if they play two together or just... They play. probably do play two together. And yeah, that probably would be a 30-minute slot. Anyway! So, um, big, big, crazy news dropped after Comic-Con. Um... So, like I said, DC barely had a presence at Comic-Con. They brought Shazam, and they brought Black Adam, and that was it. Yeah. Um, and then, a couple of days later, Ben Affleck is going to be in Aquaman. That leaked out 
because yeah. he, he was filming stuff on yeah. the WB set, and then a studio tour came by and saw Ben Affleck and Jason Momoa together. I still and can't believe worked. that story. Yeah, that's nuts. I don't know if they leaked it intentionally because everyone was complaining because there was nothing at Comic-Con. Why do I preface that DC talk? Well, I don't remember when exactly last week this happened. But um, news came out. I think the New York Post reported it first. But it was reported that Batgirl was being scrapped. Um, If you didn't know this movie existed, well, now you do because everyone's been talking about it. But Batgirl was a... A uh, movie that the previous regime at WB that was run by AT&T um, and headed up by Jason Kalar was the guy's name. Basically, they were doing straight-to-streaming movies because their entire game plan was basically to build a Netflix-type uh, service, basically, that would have original streaming movies along with the television shows. Um, but uh, Discovery came in. Because AT&T wanted to get out of the filmmaking business and get rid of WB Media, uh, Warner Media. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to get rid of Warner Media, and I honestly think this was the pandemic and them hemorrhaging subscribers and their day and date shit did not work out that well. Um, but basically, what they uh, did was uh, the guy who leads Discovery, the, a guy named David Zasloff. Um, who's been the head of Discovery for like 20, 30 years at this point. I don't know exactly how many. Um, he came and he offered to uh, merge the two companies. So AT&T spun off Warner Media Discovery, acquired it. Um, and basically the guy, David Zasloff, has been saying for months he's going to find ways to make billions of dollars in cuts to try to uh, get Warner Brothers out of the red. Um, Warner Discovery, I should say now, since it's two companies that are merged in the red because he inherited a lot of debt. And what, one of the moves he decided to do was cancel completed movies, basically. So Batgirl uh, was going to star uh, Leslie Grace, who we all know from In the Heights. Um, Michael Keaton was also going to be in it. J.K. Simmons was in it. Um, Brendan Fraser was going to play Firefly in it. Um, and basically this movie was filmed with the intention of going on the HBO Max streaming service. Well, Discovery doesn't want to make HBO Max movies anymore. I think they just want to have theatrical films that then play on their streaming service. Um, so they are moving away from doing original uh, streaming movies on the platform. And the way they decided to do that, instead of releasing the ones that they already made, is basically using this loophole um, app that merge companies can with the tax law i don't know exactly how it works but basically there's a deadline for mid-august now and basically they can uh, write off any projects they want um as a tax loss basically um and they decided to do that with batgirl and then the other one was a scoob holiday hunt which was a scooby-doo uh holiday movie that was a spin-off of the scoop movie that came out two years ago it was a prequel set when the they were all kids um, and that was made for like forty million dollars. Batgirl was made for like ninety million dollars. Um, Batgirl, it came out that the tax return they're going to get is like fifteen to twenty million dollars. They're going to get back. Um, and then Scoob, I don't know, it's probably going to be in the five to ten million dollar range, but that hasn't been confirmed. Um, and basically, Batgirl had filmed already. There was a cut. There wasn't a completed cut. There still needed to be a couple million dollars poured in into it. Um, and then Scoob, the crazy thing is, after they canceled it, they already paid the musicians, so they still scored the Scoob movie, 
even though now it's going to be written off as a tax write-off. So, it, it, it's a crazy situation all around. They've also scrapped a couple seasons of television shows, including uh, the one I remember is they scrapped this show called, uh, the season three of the show called Little Ellen, which was Ellen DeGeneres. They had it completed, but they scrapped it as a uh, tax write-off as well. Um, and they've taken um, the other thing that came out in Variety, the HBO Max original movies they had made in the past have all been taken off the service quietly. Um, there was also a LeBron James produced movie called House Party that was a remake of a movie like 20, 30 years ago that apparently got shelved. Um, that one went under the radar. Um, basically, they're just doing whatever they can to get rid of these like this deficit, um, even at the stake of the creators. Um, I personally detest what happened here. Just, I don't care. So there's reports that the Batgirl movie was bad. And Scoob, I mean, we all hated Scoob here. Uh, all three. Scoob was bad. But uh, Scoob the... was a horrible movie. Scoob <laughs> is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Scoob was a mistake. Uh, everyone who was involved with the creation of that movie will also not see the gates of heaven. Um, there's probably a very special place in hell for whoever wrote the line, I go, I'm the key for Scooby-Doo to say. Oh! Um, <laughs> anyway, that's beside the point. What's crazy? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, no Right no. on the point. Right you know on the, the point. Crazy thing. This uh the scoop this new scoop movie the writer was Paul Dini apparently. I don't know who that is. Paul Dini is one of the creators of Batman the animated series. Oh my god. <laughs> um No, um what I was going to say, um, I detest the decision. So th there's reports Batgirl was bad apparently. It test screened bad. Although apparently the test screening scores were similar to Shazam and Black Adam before reshoots. So take that as you will. Um and, you know, Scoob, there's a chance it would have been just as bad as the first one. But the bigger point here, and I hope this doesn't create a precedent, is that basically creators poured their blood, sweat, and tears making these products, and they're never going to be seen by audiences as the creators intended. They're never going to be able to share their work. It's going to be a black hole in their resume as well, because they're going to be like, well, um... I worked on this, and then whoever's hiring the individual is going to be like, well, we never saw it, so we can't use that as a reference for you um, and yeah. what, the kind of work you made. So it, it hurts the crew in that way as well because they can't show off their work. Um, yeah. I, and, for me, it's just yeah, it's just like, uh, I don't know. It's where creativity goes to die. And I feel like a lot, I feel like we've been talking a lot about the ways that the Hollywood system or the way that entertainment works today is kind of like leading to the to the to the end of a lot of forms of creativity or the stifling, I should yeah, say yeah. the end. The stifling yeah. of a lot of creativity. Right. Yeah. Because there's a lot of great things uh, that that are still being creative and are still being released, but like the stranglehold that things like this have like profit co always comes before artistry. And that's a thing that artists have been struggling with for generations upon generations. But to basically scrap an entire piece of, of, of artistic work for a tax write-off uh, to get your company out of the red is just kind of, I don't know. Like, you, you know, maybe, uh, maybe cut, like, uh, take, take a pay cut. This, have the CEOs take a pay cut, huh? How about, uh, 
have some of the higher ups take a pay cut. No, does that seem too crazy? Well, yeah, this is even crazier and it affects a wider variety of people, all right? I'm sorry that you can't buy your 17th yacht, my man, but like, God damn, like, it's, it's, it's just upsetting. It's annoying. It's, 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 it's festering. It's festering is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I don't mind them changing strategy, but I think they should have just finished the work that had already been done, quite honestly. Yeah. And I, I don't know it. I mean, the other th running theory with the Batgirl cancellation is it looks like the original intention for the past WB regime was for Michael Keane to become the main DCEU Batman. And it uh, seems like they don't want to do that anymore. I don't know if Ben Affleck, now that his life is super healthy, he's with J-Lo, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know if he's willing to now play Batman again. It seems that way because he's come back a couple of times now. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. Um because they replaced Michael Keaton in Aquaman, because apparently he had a couple scenes in that, and now Ben Affleck, as I said, is doing that. Um, yeah. So it may be that there. it's also a course correction in that regard. They don't want Michael Keaton to be their main Batman, so let's scrap the movie that we've already filmed with him as our main Batman. But at the same time, maybe they could have done reshoots there. So who knows? Yeah. Um, I think the other part of it... So the other part of the Batgirl movie, apparently... They thought it was unsalvageable for theaters because they wanted to move it into a theatrical release. But then they're like, oh, we got to sink in another $30 million into it in reshoots to make it suitable for a theatrical release because it yeah. felt like a streaming movie. And what I would say to that is literally just release it as a streaming movie as intended and then move forward as a company that will not make streaming movies. But finish the ones you already promised these yeah. creators you were going to make. <laughs> yeah. Cancel the ones that aren't in production already, um, but release the ones you've already finished. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Because the ones that people have already spent months of their lives kind of, like, constructing, like, should at least see the light of day. At the very The minimum. ones that have been produced, because even in the development phase, early development, that you've sink months into it. And I yeah. get it. If you cancel something there, I mean, there's less harm done, even though there is harm done. Um, the, the person hasn't put in the work to actually make the thing like Batgirl yeah. was close to being finished probably like two months from being finished and scoob was going to be finished in like weeks they, yeah, the animation um... was done i think they only needed to do lighting on that like there's a literally Jeez. a completed movie that's just just sit, gonna sit on the shelf and has a score release the movie release the scoob cut release the scoob cut anyway run this on twitter everyone Trend it on Twitter. If we do not get Scoob Holiday Heist, we hunt. will Holiday Hunt. I will murder the the head of of Warner Brother Discovery. Okay, That's, I will do it. I know where he lives. Two two seven two two eight. Who is typing right now? Uh, no, 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 no. I disagree. I disagree. Okay, I disagree. Jovin, Jovin, Jacob, your thoughts on that? On this whole thing? Yeah, I mean. Uh, I don't really have like much care about it. Don't go to like. Uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's bad that they're effing people over who have been working months and you know, maybe almost a year on uh like products like films, um, that were supposed to be released straight to filming or to streaming, and so, I mean, yeah, obviously they're gonna take a a hit from that and their careers are gonna um knock it up. I don't know. They're going to be stagnated for a time anyway. Um, and so people who 
would have gotten a chance if those movies saw the light of day won't get a chance but i mean that's just the reality of it i guess uh you know greed wins sadly because greed for lack of a better word works greed is good mm -hmm. of course but yeah that's i mean that's my opinion. <laughs> i mean obviously yeah there's nothing that we can do about there's it. nothing we can do about it we're just expressing so. what we think but uh yeah yeah. All in all, I disagree with the decision. I think it's another science. JQ said that mm. um, streaming is also deriving or taking away from creativity. Um, yeah. Even though there's high volume of content, um, stuff like this yeah. just leaves a bad taste in the mouth. I think there's always going to be like something that prevents like creativity from reaching its fullest potential, though. Like at any point in history i'm sure there was stuff in the past that like so oh, for sure uh, yeah like that that stifled someone's creative voice obviously but like it's just kind of annoying at this point because it's not even like anything major it's just like tax write-off like what the hell like that's well, what type of national lampoon christmas vacation jelly of the month club type of shit is this you know what i mean like what <laughs> why okay Ready to move on, lads? I'm ready from to this move one. on. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to end this one soon, I think. I, I'm beginning to feel fatigued. You know, we, we're filming this late at night. Uh, you know, guys, I'm going to be real with you. Life becomes harder when you get older, you know? Uh, people, people, you know, they have, they have to do more things. I, that, that you know, I, I've got to support myself. I got to pay rent. I, I got to do. I didn't know someone has to do the to live. Yeah, you know, you know, you know. We have a we. I, I checked our analytics and our 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 listeners are uh, usually prepubescent prepubescent non-binary children. Uh, so we need to be you know respectful here. Uh. No, but my point here is, you know, you grow older, you have more stuff mm. to do, you get more responsibilities, you grow mm. apart, you know? That's, uh, that's we're fast. all kind of heading our different directions, so mm. it's harder for us to come together and, and do this show, mm. but it means so much to us, so that's mm. why we're here, you know? And we and enjoy it, and enjoy. beyond the fatigue and beyond it all, we still love through. it, you know? And you Ruben is looking through, at me, and, and he's and he's pointing at his wrist. Uh, and he and he's telling me that I'm gonna be canceled uh, silently, uh, telepathically, in the way that Ruben has learned how to do recently. And uh, Jacob is asking me why through the chat. Uh, 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 All right, you know moving on. No, moving. but you know what? No, no, but you know what? I'm glad we're here together as a family. We're talking about these things. We're talking about. You're not being sarcastic at all. Together, all of us together. Ruben, you know what? Why don't you introduce the next topic? God damn it, JQ. <laughs> God damn it. Thank you, Jonathan. You're welcome. Real quickly, I also want to mention a couple uh, actors slash uh, important people throughout history that passed away recently. Um, the original Uhura from Star Trek, um, Nichelle Nichols passed away. Um, really good performer, really broke barriers on that TV show in the 1960s and in real life as well. Um, also, Pat Carroll, who played Ursula, the voice of Ursula in the original Little Mermaid and did a lot of other things in her career, she passed away. And then Bill Russell, um, one of the first big basketball players who really paved the way from the sport, uh, passed away recently. He blew up. 
That's yeah. what a player. Yeah, he was an 11 times champion with the Boston Celtics. Uh, really dominated the league in the 1960s. Um, they are honoring Bill Russell. It came out yesterday. They're going to retire the number six across the entire NBA. Yeah. First time that's been done in the NBA. So, yeah. yeah. And Bill Russell wasn't just uh, breaking barriers on the court and like helping establish the NBA. Bill Russell was paramount, one of the paramount sports figures dealing with racial issues in the yep. 1960s. Yep. Um, yeah. If you want more details, look it up. But uh, to all three of those individuals and their families, uh, hope uh, they're doing all right as much as they can. Um, just wanted to shout them out because um, all three of those people played roles that I've – well, Ahura and uh, Ursula, the actresses there, um, obviously stuff I've watched, and then Bill Russell in the sport I love watching, which is basketball. So I just wanted to shout all those three out. Yeah. Um, okay. And, you know, thank you for your contributions. Yep. All right. Moving on. Uh, let's see. I think in the way of news that WB stuff was the only thing we had, unless you guys had something else that I'm missing. No. I think we should now turn our attention to the result of spectacular creativity uh, when it's allowed to run rampant, you yep. know, uh, movies uh, that still, thank God, get to be made uh, by directors and writers and producers who very much care about the art of filmmaking more so than mm. the art of money making. Uh, so that means we're going to talk about one of the biggest movies of the summer right now uh, uh, by a comedian turned. Yeah, or director from, Jordan Peele. What? Ruben, why don't you... Uh, you know what? No, not Ruben. Jacob, why don't you, you transition us into this Thank one? Thank you. I You're appreciate welcome. that, bro. You You're passed welcome. me the baton. I pass you the baton. That's great, man. You take right. it. Right, take cool. the baton. Oh, don't drop it. So You dropped it. Pick it back up. His third horror movie. Um, completely different, I feel like, from the other two. In the sense that he incorporates, like, um, I guess, like racial undertones into like the you know I mean? first two right yeah 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 that's what you're talking about get out in us right yeah yeah the uh, third film just real quick before you continue it's called nope and it came out a couple weeks ago july Sorry. 22nd yeah. yeah continue jacob anyway yeah that's fine <laughs> i was gonna get to that yep um but yeah this movie uh th third movie for jordan peele and uh as we can see, he uh, continues swinging, uh, you know, hit, hits another home run with this. Um, and, you know, it's just, uh, it's, he, he just, want, like, if you, he, I watched the review, I told Jonathan about this, but this man, like, he just wanted to make a monster movie, have an excuse to make a, a monster movie or a movie where, like, people chase, like, this big creature and stuff like that for, like, a, a whole, like, two hours. And so that's basically what he does. Um, but like he makes that simple premise, uh, into so much more, um, with, uh, you know, like some, uh, caution of, uh, you know, like not like wanting to catch a spectacle all the time. And or that was like one thing. And then the, the other thing Magnificent is like, nature. yeah, yeah. 
the thing with uh, mistreating animals, like he says, like like he uses this movie as a as a way to like kind of talk about those things. Uh, yeah. In more in a more subtle little like way, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It's not like yeah too obvious me, or a punch to the yeah. face. Yeah. Uh, today I just watched Midsummer and I was reading up on like some of the history of that movie where it's like it started off as kind of like a like a like a slasher film, like a very straightforward straightforward. Uh, slasher film and it slowly evolved over time when Ari Aster got involved in it uh, into a movie about uh, the end of a relationship or the uh, like uh, or like heartbreak um, and that's kind of what I feel like nope is in a way you know you have you have a movie that it could be very straightforward like a very straightforward monster movie and that's it like you know it could be it could be that but instead what Jordan Peele does is that he uh, like inject so much of his own identity and his own experience into it, similar to what Ari Aster does with his movies, and create something that is not just you know scary, entertaining, funny at times, very funny at times, but something that actually has a lot to say, something that has um, a purpose for existing. You know, it, it justifies its 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 own existence to the things that it has to say, and I just love it when a movie does that. And I love Jordan Peele's work just because I. Rarely do you see something like like really marry every part of the movie making process to such a great degree. Audio, uh, visual, you know, pacing, cinematography, framing, blocking, everything is just really working. Everything is thought through. There is not an ounce of fat on this film. Uh, as a writer, I just freaking, I love Jordan Peele's writing because everything has a purpose. Everything everything that's said or done earlier on has a payoff or it has a reason for being in there there is nothing that is really excess everything yeah. has like a, 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 a an ordained purpose whether and that with be great... visuals or yeah. storytelling or audio everything every single thing the great thing about the writing as well is like you said everything has a purpose but what also is really cool is you'll miss something the first time you watch one of his movies, and then this next time you go watch it, you're like, oh my god, this line actually means something in the context of the movie. Because I saw this yeah. one twice, um, and there's some lines I would catch uh, that second viewing that I didn't the first yeah. time that really drove home the type of message he was trying to tell here, and I, it all clicked for me that second time. Yeah. Um, what I love here is that Jordan Peele, this isn't a conventional horror movie. Us was like the conventional horror movie. Uh, Get Out was more of a Jordan Peele's like doing a commentary on race in our time in a really extended yeah. allegory that really works really well. So the best script, I think, in the last 10 years written by anyone. Get Out, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But then this one, what he decided to do, and I love this, he made a conventional blockbuster in some senses. Like he just... Uh, that like like the ones you used to get not like the blockbusters you get nowadays which is just the superhero hit hit shit um it's more of a the conventional spectacle that you used to get out of these movies um in the movie theater like jaws or et i'm just quoting spielberg especially then, jaws especially yeah, jaws it, it, it feels really has... it feels spielbergian especially with the score it's a very spielbergian score in the sense of the horns i got yeah. john williams vibes with the music as well here um, yeah, I can feel that. I, 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 see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. There. In some I, moments, not the entire I movie. Say, I wouldn't even say just like John Williams. I would just say traditional Hollywood. John Williams is really a product of like the corn gold era of Hollywood. A lot of this kind of like big brassy 
uh, I, I'm getting some musicology now. That's my yeah. bad. But the point is, it's a, it, it, it does harken back to an older time in Hollywood and a more and a, and a more traditional scoring of movies and a more traditional approach to that. Uh, very good job for Peel of, of combining tradition with, with the cutting edge. I think that's a very interesting thing. Anyway, continue. but like I said, yeah, the script is t- airtight. I think. Um, yeah. Really, he's telling two different messages. Like. He's got, he's making it harder for himself. Basically, one is like the love of the spectacle, and that's something that we have in our time now. The need to get the perfect shot or the perfect moment and post it on social media. That is the, the entire thing. Yeah, exactly. And then the other is how humans don't understand nature and will mess with it. Um, yeah. And both of those are completely different things, but he somehow makes it work where they're both there at the same time, intertwining with one another. And they both come across and work really well. Yeah. Um, Jacob, what do you think of like the cinematography and sound on this one? Like the shots and the music? It was great. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. You have more to say than that when we were talking, man. Jacob and I got into a really in-depth conversation about this movie. I was just gushing over it because, like, I don't know. Dude, I just... God, I might have to bump up my score for this. Yeah, movie this one, the, cinematog- the, the yeah. amount, the amount of the amount of time I've spent thinking about this movie after the fact and going over every line, every moment, every piece of acting, every character, every like, it's just like, God, everything really comes together. Like I said, yeah. not an ounce of fat in a, in a Jordan Peele movie. Everything has a purpose. And I like, it, that's inspiring. It's like, oh, I want to write something like this. I want to go out and do something like that. Like that, that is like the biggest compliment I think you can give a director is that he encourages you to be creative and, and, and to explore your own stories yourself. Just because you're yeah. like, oh, someone did something like this, I have to, I have to pursue it. Like it's possible. Yeah, um, cinematographer. This is a shout out to cinematographer Hoyt Van Hoyt Tama. Um, they he's done a lot of stuff recently that. Hasn't won the Oscar yet, so look out. He's going to probably win in the next couple of years. But frequently he's collaborated with Nolan recently. He uh, did cinematography for uh, get this interstellar Dunkirk and Tenet. Um, after Wally Pfizer left uh, Nolan as his old cinematographer, this is the guy who came in. Um, also, Spectre was him. Her, um, that movie was him. And then some other stuff I haven't seen. Oh, Ad Astra was also him. He did the cinematography for Ad Astra. Great. Underrated movie. Underrated um, movie. And then... Um, some I haven't seen. The Fighter and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. But, I mean, those are beloved films. I, I imagine the cinematography is great in those as well. Um, uh, the cast, we didn't talk about the cast. Oh my god, the cast is insanely good yeah. in this. Uh, Kiki Palmer, uh, Daniel we got, Kaluuya. We got, we got True Jacks MVP in the house. She back. She back. Uh, Steven oh, Yuen. Uh, Brandon Perea. The tech salesman, yeah. that guy's probably gonna go places. Like, yeah. you know, maybe okay. Uh, he, he did a really good <laughs> job. I, I expected him to be kind of a bit part, and he ended up being in that movie a lot more than I expected. Uh, Jacob, any other thoughts on this movie? Oh, Daniel Kalula, don't forget Daniel Kalula. Yeah, Daniel Kalula is a great, great actor in this movie. Yeah, Dude, I'm telling you, this is one of those movies, everything lined up, everything lined up so good. So so good, ugh, God! Oh, they, they had the Akira shot in this too. Did you guys? They did. Towards the end of the movie, they did it. That. Oh my 
my god, I freaked out. I was like, yes! Yeah! It's a hard movie to talk about without spoilers. We'll probably do a spoiler review on the next pod because yeah. I want to talk a little bit more in detail. But for sure, go see this movie. You will not regret it. Um, right I don't know now, how much longer it'll be in theaters. Um, it won't be in IMAX anymore, unfortunately. That was the ideal viewing spot for this one. Um, but I think any big screen you can find for this one. Big I screen saw it on a find. normal big screen, and I feel fulfilled. So, you know what? There you go. Um, I give this one a 9.3. I'm going to go 9.3 out of 10 for That's nope. oddly specific. <laughs> I'm between an 8.5 and, and a 9, I would say. It, it's definitely somewhere around there. It's a very solid movie. A lot of great things happen in there. Give it a 9 out of 10, for sure. All right, boys, we have gone through the podcast once again, all three of us. It's been a while. Yeah, uh, but so sorry to... if, we've, if we're a little rusty this episode. We're getting back into the swing of things, and we all got big things happening in our lives that we're trying to grapple with. So, you know, uh, thank you for, 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 for listening. If you guys are still listening, thank you for sticking with us. And, yep. uh, yeah, we all really right. appreciate it. And to wrap up real quick as the closing story so sony's making a madam web movie oh, um God, I you were talking about that. yes i was yeah it's written by the morbius writers so uh, there's nothing of substance to spoil here um but the supposed plot of the madam web movie came out and holy shit is this thing wild it happens, uh, basically <laughs> Oh, God. The movie is sounds like a multiversal web singing version of The Terminator. Where uh, a bunch of Madam Webs from different dimensions are trying to protect an unborn Peter Parker. Mm. That's good. <laughs> I don't know that, no. We, uh... I think... You know, um, a few days ago, I was revisiting my letterbox review of Morbius. And I was I felt kind of regretful because I said that uh, whoever's in charge of, of of Marvel Sony should be euthanized, and I thought that that was going too far. I'd like to reinstate uh, the fact that that man should indeed be euthanized with high prejudice because this has got to be one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Um, you know, I, I hope Avi Arad, uh, I hope he gets gout. I hope he gets gout, you know? I hope That's a very specific a, thing. That I hope he gets someone. a really bad case of gout, you know, and it, it's near fatal, and the doctors oh are confused because God, it's literally just gout, and then he recovers fully, uh, and on his way back home, he slips on a banana peel, and that's what does him in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you agree. So, so uh, basically, it's as the story goes. Apparently, Dakota Johnson's Cassandra Webb, Sydney Sweeney's playing Julia Carpenter, and Celeste O'Connor's playing Maddie Franklin. Um, Isabella Mercedes is playing Anya Corazon, and they will do their best to try to protect the child being carried by Emma Roberts, uh, Mary Parker, and then. Um, no, the the other protector she will have is Adam Scott, um, the guy from Parks and Rec, is apparently playing Uncle Ben. 
It sounds like an insane mess. You know, it also sounds like it could be like freaking insane. I I find it hilarious that uh, a lot of times in this podcast we have very over the top reactions to stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, Life has just jaded us so so much in the last few weeks that I can I, I I can really only. I, 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 I can only react in silence. What the hell are they thinking? Who thought who greenlit this? <laughs> who thought that this would be a good idea? Who allowed this? Who you know what? If I had the power to send something back in time, I think I would I, I, I think I would target Aviarad and his family and his lineage. I think I would go back to Genghis Khan and and be like, hey, uh, are you responsible for Avi Arad? And he'd be like, I am. And then I would shoot him. Uh, and then, you, you know, I, I think, and for some reason, Jacob wants to control my camera. Why did this thing, <laughs> are you trying to, I, I'm trying to have a meaningful conversation with our audience right now. And you're trying to make my background into my social security number. And you're trying to dox me. All right. Yep. I don't appreciate that. Jacob, what do you think about that plot, by the way? Uh, Jacob, Jacob, if you say anything other than that it's horrendous and one of the worst things you've ever heard, I will be upset. You have to say that word for word right now. I think it sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face, bro. I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> you think they're going to bring James Cameron in for this one? Hell no, man. Uh, you think James Cameron's gonna be gonna be outrageous so enough to be like to be like, yo, uh, I like to sue because this was my idea first. Like that would, oh my god, Ruben. Yep. Th- 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 this is one of the stupidest stories you brought. I know. Into, into the podcast, and, I can't. I can't believe this is real. I can't believe so. I can't believe that this past. Now it's unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. I want to. It's unconfirmed, but knowing Sony, it sounds realistic. And once again, to reiterate, it was the Morbius writers who are working on this. So, so you do know not. It's ex- gonna be good. Morbius. No, you know it's gonna be ass. All right. Sex in there. All right. Sex, sex. I can't sing the song because it's copyrighted. I'm already playing Boris Spiders at the beginning. And at the end. Why did Jacob's voice just become so clear for a second? He's got, he unmuted himself for a second. Alright! Jacob, stop being up my wall. Don't hold it. Don't hold it. Alright, and that's a wrap on this episode. Uh, Jacob. This is gonna be our worst episode. Yeah, probably. Jacob, can we just delete this and restart it another time? No. No. Admit to our failure. Hell no. God, I'm so so tired. tired. Oh, F this. Alright! And that's a wrap! That's a wrap, baby! That's a wrap, baby! Where's he come now? I can't see.
Got in the bar.